0: I'm going to warn you guys Y'all are about to fall in love With my friend Emma She is that friend that everybody wants and needs She's always so present So considerate uh, Faithful She's been one of the most supportive listeners of my podcast And segue Shameless plug If you do not subscribe already to my podcast Please do so and leave me a, a rating or a review, only if it's kind and five stars, but be like Emma and be a faithful listener. But y'all are really going to enjoy this conversation. She is such an advocate for kids of all ages and this generation coming up behind us. She's a mom of two boys, former high school teacher, a youth pastor with her and her husband Caleb. Y'all are going to love it. Enjoy this episode with Emma Knighton. hello everyone and welcome to another episode of church talks i have a friend of mine that i'm gonna say is the best thing that has come out of the pandemic
1: Aww. so
0: yeah i've told you that before don't even ask. know it, it's <laughs> always
1: it's so touching <laughs>
0: I, well, know. <laughs> I know you I, I firmly believe that uh her name is emma knighton and she hails from the metropolitan city of m vegas also, also <laughs> known as Martinsville, Virginia. <laughs> and Emma, um, yes. first of all, I apologize if I sneeze in your ear. Uh, allergies and stuff like that is, is real today. So I apologize to any of you listeners as well if I sneeze. And I'll try yes. to like all throw good. my microphone out of the way. But Emma, <laughs> I want you to give us a two-minute glimpse into how your day has started off. And I will say that because I don't normally record morning podcasts. And it is only nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning, so
1: so that's why mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been much time to start off. But you do get up yeah. early, so All right. super early. Tell us, okay? So I'm getting over a little bit of a cold or flu or something, so I still got oh. up pretty early, maybe like six o'clock. And normally I uh, exercise, but this morning I um, just grabbed my coffee and did my little devotion, and the boys were up super early. Um, <laughs> One of them has a uh, a bedwetting habit, so that woke us up at like six thirty. <laughs> so dealt with that first thing. Um, parenthood, you know, just various things happen. But uh-huh. um, we did breakfast after that, and um, the boys have been playing. I'm a stay at home mom, so I haven't, I don't have to like rush off to work or anything. Um, we were able to have kind of a slow morning this morning. And the boys opened up um, every December. We have an advent calendar given Mm -hmm. to the boys by my mother-in-law. And so they opened up their advent box for today. Um, And then that pretty much brought us up to right now. They have a Christmas movie on um, to hopefully keep them occupied for a little while. But uh, we'll see. That might be another interruption.
0: (laughs) And, and the Christmas music, 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 what am I trying to say? Movie. <laughs> I am trying to say music and movie. This is mm-hmm. my life, but it is, no. or is
1: not Elf. No, it's not Elf. I don't think Elf is on Netflix and that's like our only streaming service oh. right now. So.
0: Okay. I uh, gotcha. But the boys
1: can um, quote that one by heart. So
0: <laughs> okay, that's, that's their like all time I, I didn't know if we had ever had that conversation. So I needed to make sure that we could still be friends. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you alluded to that. You are a stay at home mom.
1: Yes. And
0: uh, I think you kind of like told us that without telling us that in, the, yeah. <laughs> in, in a glimpse into your morning. And when yeah. you say that you normally exercise, that is not the, the totality of what it is because something that really amazes me about you. And I just, I, I admire it so much that I'm like, I will never be able to attain this um, for multiple <laughs> reasons. But you get up and you run, like, like no one's chasing you, and you still run. No, I know I outdoors choose it in I the it in the
1: dark, in the in, cold, in the rain. You, I know. <laughs> so tell tell me why? Why do you do that? That just for years now has been just a release. I feel like it's my time with God, a way that I can connect with Him. Um, it's been a way for me to connect with other people too. Um, Like I have a neighbor that I just recently met a few months ago and we meet once a week to run like super early in the morning and it's just like blossomed into this new friendship. Um, and it's been really timely for both of us. And then, yeah, I have other girlfriends that I meet um, later on in the week and it's just been like our consistent thing that we do together. And so it's not just, it's become something way more than just exercise. Um, because even like I've actually cut back running by myself a whole lot. I re- it's just mainly something I do socially <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's become kind of an important part of my life. I'm not beating any speed records or anything. <laughs> I, I don't track anything either. I don't have like an Apple Watch or a Garmin or anything. I just like go.
0: <laughs> That's something we talked about yesterday. Because when I asked you about earbuds with a microphone. And you told me that you did not own earbuds. And no, then it literally, yeah. yeah, it dawned on me. I was like, so that means you, you run in silence?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've, it's not that I haven't tried running with music, but I don't prefer it at all. Not just for safety reasons, you know, if I'm running in the dark or whatever, it's not the mm-hmm. safest for me to have earbuds in, but. Makes sense. Um, yeah. But just in general, like I prefer the outdoor sounds to music,
0: you know, that's beautiful. <laughs> and that, and that reminds me like, you know, or weird. Like, <laughs> no, I, cause I'm thinking about like, you know, in 2020 when we were all, which I guess, I mean, you're home most of the time anyway, but for my life, it was a drastic change, uh, for me to be home a lot in 2020 when I'd used yeah. to, you know, I was used to going and being gone different places all the time. And so I walked a lot more outdoors yeah. and I do listen to a lot of music and a lot of podcasts, but. It was something about like I would put in one earbud, but I'll leave the other one out because even if I wanted to listen to something that was going to be like strengthening my brain, I wanted yeah. to have my other ear open right, know, to hearing the sounds of nature. And it was like I probably had a lot of intake. Going
1: yeah. on. Well, I think that's part of why I enjoy it so much, especially now that I've gotten older. You know, our lives are so filled with sounds and voices and just intake all day long, um, Mm -hmm. from various sources. And so I think I have grown to appreciate any pocket of silence or, you know, just stillness, even Mm -hmm. if like, you know, I said, it's my time with God. So yeah, I spend a lot of time praying and listening during that time. But even if I'm not, even if I'm just like running, I kind of appreciate the, the nothingness, Mm -hmm. like the, the no noise for a little bit. Yeah. As soon as I walk in the door, it'll be, you know, mommy. I mean, there's that, you know,
0: right. But, yeah. I was driving home the other day and it was like a 30 minute drive and I normally can listen to like a whole podcast in a 30 minute drive. Cause I listen to it at a faster speed <laughs> and I got home and realized that I didn't put anything on that. I drove the whole time in silence. And I, it's like, I didn't even realize how much I appreciated that. Right. Because like you said, there's just so much noise everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I guess in my subconscious brain, I chose Right. To be in silence. And it was, it was like the most beautiful noise of silence. Yeah. So the, the sound that you have in your home that we're not (laughs) hearing right now, but that I heard before we started recording, (laughs)
1: um,
0: of these lovely boys of yours, they are like a joy to my life. And I know you could probably spend the whole episode bragging on them. I just want to brag on their artistic and creative (laughs) skills. They have drawn me many a picture Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes I do need them to interpret it for me because yeah, it most is, the time. it's abstract art. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they have their own creative way of, uh, of depicting what they're seeing in their head, what they're putting on pictures. Yes. And how they oh, spell yeah.
1: things. Oh, yeah. And,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and they're homeschooled. So we give a
1: lot of credit to that. Yes, absolutely. For better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. And how old are they? So Bowen, my youngest, is four, just turned four, and Tucker, my oldest, is six.
0: Yes, Bowen and Tucker, Mm -hmm. also known as Tuck and Bo.
1: Tuck and Bo, yeah. Uh, Yes,
0: (laughs) and you're homeschooling them. So you were obviously, well, not obviously, but I know it's obvious. You were raised in public school. Yes. And you ended up becoming a public school teacher at Martinsville High School. You taught Spanish, which is a whole other thing, which is awesome. I love it. (laughs) Uh, But then... When you became a stay-at-home mom and you decided to homeschool, what like what did that look like with your
1: public school student and teacher background? So my decision to stay home was um, I actually loved working at a public school. I had a good experience in public school, um, which I feel like for homeschool moms is not necessarily the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I loved teaching. I loved it so much. Um, but I, I loved it so much that I put in – you know, 60 plus hours a week between teaching and coaching and, and all of that. So when thinking and praying about um, what to do after I gave birth to Tucker, um, we made the decision for me to stay home. And even then, you know, for the first couple years, you don't have to think about what schooling decision you're going to make. And so for a while I had, I had still said I would never homeschool. Um, (laughs) And because I just I think I had believed in some of the homeschool stereotypes, you know. I had seen those. I mean, I had seen. Them. There's a lot of them. Well, to, to be fair, I had seen them played out in my life. You know, like mm-hmm. I had known homeschool kids that. You married one, right? I'm sorry. You married one, right? Oh no, Caleb went to public school. Oh, okay. he actually went to Martinsville High School. Um, okay, but anyway, so I had seen those fulfilled accurately. Um, and made my own probably rash judgments as a teenager of, you know, homeschooled kids that, and that those perspectives carried me into early adulthood. Um, But I started to do a little research. Um, The pandemic hit right before Tucker was about to go into kindergarten. And I had already made the decision to try out um, homeschooling for his kindergarten because um, the way that I was raising him as a little boy, we um, he thrives outside. I um, mean, he always has, mm-hmm. and that was I, I realized the older he got, the older he was getting, um, how important it was to me that that he could be outside, um, that we could do lessons outside, that he could learn outside, that he could run, and have you know extended recess and learn physically as well as academically, and um, and and I saw you know in stark contrast how. Um, in a lot of public schools, the kindergarten classroom was not necessarily, it couldn't be because of the the sheer number of kids in a kindergarten classroom, but it it was not established in such a way that is fitting for some boys, some little boys, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having to sit for long periods of time or whatever. Um, Not to say that I don't teach him to sit and listen to me um, or to, you know, adults, but (laughs) anyway, so we made the decision to I made a decision to homeschool. The timing was perfect because that was right when the pandemic hit. And we didn't know, you know, as a society, what school was even going to look like. Um mm-hmm. I mean, it wound up that students, even kindergartners, preschoolers, too, were, you know, masked for six to eight hours a day. Um, and, yeah. and Tucker just wasn't used to that. And so it, it would have been a very hard transition for him to go from being outside unmasked all day. Mm -hmm. Then You know, inside masked. And so that's what started this whole journey for us. But then as we've kind of gotten into a homeschooling rhythm, and as I've, um, you know, done a lot of research on curriculum and tried out different things, he's now in um, first grade. Now, I have grown to really love it and become passionate about it. Um, So it's become a really good decision for us. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, for any for any family, as you're making a decision for how to educate your child, it needs to be something that's done every year or every six months or you regularly check in and, and and look, evaluate, is this working for my kid? Because I will tell you that if at any point from now until you know 18 years old, if homeschooling ends up not working best for either one of my kids, mm-hmm. then we'll pivot. Um, and I'm that's not okay. against sending him to public school at all. Um, I actually think, and this is like such a huge tangent, but um, I actually, I feel really strongly that um, homeschooling or not, that every person should be an advocate for the public school system. Um, because that's where, I mean, if we're thinking about it collectively, that's where most of our doctors, lawyers, um, nurses, where a lot of our professionals for the mm-hmm. future are going to be coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I've, I've, I've heard, I've witnessed a lot of different homeschool families that, you know, and this is nothing against them, but they're very quick to bash the public school system. Um, and that kind of, I guess, just because I've had firsthand experience there, but it kind of grieves my spirit a little bit because that's where so many, I mean, my kids, future spouses could be coming from public school. <laughs> so anyway. <Okay. laughs> um, that's just like a super
0: yeah it's it's a good point though because I mean obviously if if everybody had the heart and the ability to homeschool then you know public schools would be irrelevant the ones who have a heart to teach would obviously be teachers of their own kids or somebody else's kids at home but the reality is that's not going to happen Um, it's not possible right now so even those of us that I say us, like I have kids (laughs) to homeschool, but I mean, I was homeschooled and I've already had some of my my friends to ask me at at some point to homeschool their kids. And I'm like, that is going to take a lot of prayer, but you know, (laughs) but still, like you said, even if you don't want to send your kids to public school, then still be an advocate for it and still like help to support the teachers that are there because it is a hard job right now. I mean, many jobs are hard, but to be a public school teacher the way the world is, the way oh, yeah. that the, the states are, you know, mandating certain things that, you know, teachers don't really have any control over other than just to quit their job. And,
1: right. it's um, tough, and there's so. a lot of good coming out of public schools too. Like I, I know mm-hmm. lots of kids that are thriving um, and I know lots of teachers that are, I mean, they're putting their heart and soul into it and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so I'm, I'm not one that's really against, that at all I think every family just needs to figure out the best decision for themselves but I will I will say too that public school is um a a constant for a lot of kids you know I saw this I don't know if it's because Martinsville High School I just saw a lot of need there's extreme poverty in my area and um even just realistically school was a place where all of these a a huge amount of kids got um hot meals every day Mm -hmm. and I remember, um, over Christmas break, I, I was talking to, I'll never forget this. I was talking to, um, someone in the administration and they were, I could tell that they were in a bad mood and they were grieving or just, you know, upset. And I was, I finally said, you know, this is the happiest time of the year. It's about to be Christmas. What's wrong. What's wrong. And she just said, I am just feeling sad because we're about to take like, you know, a two or three week break for the holidays. And I can think of so many kids who don't have food at home mm-hmm. and this is where, they get their food. Wow. And, and I'm like, Whoa, are you, wh-? it just kind of shook my, shook me. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect the conversation to go this way, but I do think, yeah, for a lot of kids, public school is a great thing, but just anyways, for us, it, it wasn't going to be the best decision. So now I love, we have this huge community of homeschool families, um, and that, you know, have chosen homeschool for themselves. And yeah, we've built a great community, this way too. Um, and so that's just what we've decided, but, um, yeah, I love it. I love, I'm kind of now turning into like a homeschool geek. (laughs) There's so many (laughs) curriculum out there, so many different ways to educate your kids. Um, it's a cool thing. Yeah.
0: And you've, you've been such an advocate also for other homeschool moms, as far as like getting involved with co-ops and, and leading a co-op and just being a pioneer for that. Because, I mean, you've been in some where you were just like, eh, like, I don't really fit here. And you are such a pioneer and you're such a, um, an out-of-the-box thinker that y- you don't mind taking the lead on something. You don't mind starting something and even at risk of,
1: of it failing. I and mean, I think I just have been really blessed with a lot of different friends that homeschool and seen a lot of different, each one has chosen to educate their kids differently. They've chosen different curriculums. They have different philosophies. Even within homeschooling, there's so many different frames of mind and teaching ideas. Um, And so I think part of it has been that getting all these people together, getting all these moms together, um, I think is really beneficial for all of us because we can not only can we bounce ideas off each other, but we can kind of, I think, sometimes we get caught up in homeschool moms get caught up in this idea that we have to recreate public school at home, mm. um, where <laughs> like <laughs> where we need to fill up an entire day with sit down like bookwork or we're right. not doing enough. And it's this own, these own kind of rules that we put on ourselves. You know, we need validation as, as a teacher. Cause I mean, having the responsibility for your kid's education is a huge deal. Um, But we kind of can see that if you get moms together, um, that it can be done a lot of different ways. I have some moms that, you know, their school day takes up their whole day. And if it works for their family, then fantastic. And then I have some moms who unschool, which is a whole different thing um, where they don't use any curriculum, but they go based on on their kids' interests. And so if their kid's Mm -hmm. interested in something, (laughs) they dive in. Yeah. Just get these two different extremes together and you can kind of all learn from each other um, and, and give your kids community in the meantime, you know? Definitely. That's why,
0: you know, it, it helps. I think that the when I was homeschooled, I was raised in church. So I had youth group. Like I was never, yeah, uh, without being, you know, surrounded by community. Yeah. And the, there are some homeschoolers that, really are like socially isolated and it, and it shows because they don't, it's, it's hard for them to even have like a mature conversation. Uh, right? but, you know, but what I've seen is that, like you said, if you're still like engulfing your kids out in the community and, you know, if you go to church or if you're involved in any type of sports yeah, um, or outside activities, then it does help to have friends that are their age that are also probably homeschooling. So dealing with the same thing. And then also like I used to hang out with the senior citizen group. Cause
1: yeah, the benefit
0: of being homeschooled was that I got to go with my dad on appointments. Like, you know, he's a insurance agent and Medicare and that's what I'm doing now. So I would go with him and I would hang out with 65 year olds and over, or I would go with my grandma on the senior citizen trips. <laughs> so I learned so much, Yeah, you know, like you said, I mean, we would take trips, we would take family vacations. So we got to see the world, see how different people in different States live. And as I got older to go to different countries and those are just, you know, benefits that, that maybe I was privileged with that somebody else didn't get to. And I never want to think like, oh, well, everybody should be able to do this. Like, no, I understand that it's a privilege.
1: Yeah. And
0: like you said about the unschool, I don't think I've ever heard that term before, but it (laughs) makes so much sense. Yeah. Kind of new as in not.
1: (laughs) No, I'm I'm sure sure that the idea, you know, the philosophy has been around for a while, but I think um, in more recent years, you know, women have like looked in to figure out which ideology they fit in with. And so unschooling has become more of a like termed Mm
0: -hmm. philosophy.
1: Um, But yeah, it's incredibly hard to do well um, as a parent. Like if you're going to base your whole kid's curriculum off of just things they're interested in, you need to really be paying A lot of close attention to what they're interested in and be willing to, you know, then go and get resources and materials based on those things. And so, yeah, we don't necessarily fall in that Mm -hmm. group because I don't trust myself enough to be (laughs) like, I mean, yeah, it just gave me some accountability to have an actual curriculum to use. But sure, um, but at the end, I've seen it done well.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the year, like and I don't know about Virginia but at least in North Carolina like the kids still have to pass a state exam just like kids in public school so regardless of how you get there to the end of the year like they still need to be learning the core things. so I think some people when they're skeptical of of homeschooling they're like well how are the kids gonna gonna learn like how are are they actually gonna be able to keep up with kids that are in public school or in like a more routine structure and from what I've seen like the testing scores a lot of times for homeschoolers like on average are higher and they're yeah. you know able to get in more to it. So, so anyway, I didn't, I didn't mean for this to all be homeschooling either, but
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. It's something I'm passionate about. So I probably yeah. turn the conversation even more towards that. But yeah. um, well, and I yeah. think that you're, you're passionate. I mean, you're passionate about a lot of things. Like <laughs> I just, I
0: love that you are a passionate individual, <laughs> uh, but the good thing is it's not, it's not necessarily everything because if you're passionate about everything, then are you really passionate about anything? Right. If you go and you highlight a whole book, then what's the point? So, I mean, you do, you like, whatever you, you have your hands and your heart in, you literally do it like with both feet as well. And Nothing. I know that your husband, Caleb, we haven't even
1: <laughs> talked about
0: him. He's going to be on the podcast, too. He's trying to run away We're
1: going to make it. it happen. Yeah, yes. we, need to make, we just need to kind of corner him. Like, Leanne will right. set him up an appointment or something, yes. and it'd be this.
0: <laughs> Put it in the calendar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but he is so supportive of what you're doing at home. And he's also, as a business owner, he's able to still be present. And present is like the, the least, <laughs> like that's like bare minimum. He's not only yeah. able to be present, like he is very involved in their, their raising. And, uh, and we'll just kind of segue into this, that not only are you passionate about homeschooling, but you are passionate about kids and teenagers yeah. like across the board. Obviously you yeah. went into teaching so that you could be with high schoolers yeah. and you've got young boys of your own that you are raising. And now you and Caleb are the youth pastors at your church as of what, this past summer? summer. Yeah. Yeah. So have you, I mean, growing up, did you ever see yourself being a youth pastor?
1: I think maybe there was a certain period of time where I was really involved in my youth ministry and I loved it so much that I thought, you know, I wonder if there's a chance that I could do this later on. But Mm -hmm. I think more so I saw myself you know, teaching high schoolers. And I thought that that was going to be forever. I thought that that would have been like, you know, a lifelong career. So this has mm-hmm. been a little bit of a surprise, especially the timing, you know, I thought, I <laughs> thought like that ship had sailed once I hit 30, you know, like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really think God would call me or, you know, you know, Caleb and I both into ministry after, you know, becoming parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but God doesn't really work on our timetables and our expectations all the time. So, yeah, well, but it's, it's been cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool that the the one who was doing it before you, she how old was she? Or how old um, is she? <laughs> She's still. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna say sixty.
0: Yeah, I knew because I I I got a chance to meet her like once or twice when I came yeah. to like the the youth awakening, and when you told me she was the youth pastor, I was like, what? Like, that's what I thought my, like, my life would have been. I, I planned on being in youth ministry until yeah. I was, you know, 90. And it was just so refreshing and encouraging that not only was she still youth pastoring at 60 years old, but involved in the kids lives she was, even from living. Yeah.
1: Because,
0: I mean, I think she lived several miles, like, from the church, but she was still oh, yeah. relatable to the kids. and yeah. And then you guys come in and you just bring, like, a different, uh, perspective and you know you're closer to them in age because you said after you hit 30 you're only 31 right yeah <laughs> so well, still
1: it, I mean you know you think of well I, I thought of you know youth pastors being like you know fresh out of college Christian right. college you know <laughs> trendy skinny jean type of people um and that's definitely not how we view ourselves or how we really are um, but, but you're right. So to know Jacelyn that's the name of our, you know, the former youth pastor to know her is to love her. Um, mm-hmm. she really did a phenomenal job. She was the youth pastor here for five years. Um, which I think is probably even longer than like the, the average. Yeah. And I actually heard it's been years now, so I'm sure it's changed, but the average youth pastor only stays at a church for like a couple of years yeah. so for her to stay for five years. Um, while she was, you know, older. I'm not. I mean, she's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here. Um, right. No. Older in years, but <laughs> older um, for a youth for a typical youth pastor. For a typical youth pastor, which yeah. she said so many times, but um, but still, it was exactly what they needed for that time. Um, mm-hmm. for those five years, she said, you know, she's she kind of grandmothered them. She loved them so well, um, and she met them where they were at, and it was just exactly what they needed. And so she kind of, she set us with the best foundation possible. you know, we came in and, um, and they had been loved. I mean, the, these kids had been well taken care of um, in that regard. So we've stepped in and it's not looked how I thought it had to look. Um, And I mean that in a good way. I think I came in, anybody that has stepped into ministry, something that you have to fight against is your own preconceived notions of what it needs to look like. Exactly. So I came in and, and, you know, despite what anyone had told me, because we had heard this from so many people, you know, it doesn't have to look, you know, the same as it has looked. It doesn't have to look the same as what you, whatever you're thinking. Um, I still had to experience that for myself. And so I came in, you know, with my experiences, you know, I was a part of a huge youth group, huge. My church was very big. Our youth group was probably at least a hundred kids and in Richmond where I grew up. And so I came in thinking, okay. And our youth pastor, that was their only job, right? They were paid and they were staff and they were this, well, you know, Caleb has a more than full-time job. I don't necessarily have a job, but, you know, homeschooling
0: yeah, that's a job. And
1: then mothering. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's a like, calling. It's, it's a thing. Right. And so I came in, but still feeling like I'm, I'm not going to be able to do enough. Or, you know, if I had a, especially in the beginning, if we ever had a free weekend, I thought, oh no, I should have planned a youth event. And, and the Lord quickly spoke to me um, and said, you know, it doesn't, It doesn't need to look like what you think it needs to look like. And that doesn't mean I'm not, that doesn't mean we're not having events. We have one tonight, actually. That doesn't mean, you know, not to put in time and effort and value to the ministry. But it just means that, um, you know, step aside, (laughs) Emma, Mm -hmm. and all of Emma's, you know, (laughs) thoughts and feelings and really seek God and really sit at his feet with the kids ministry and say okay what what should this what do you want this to look like God you know what yeah. do you want it to look like and, and that has been very humbling I've seen God move through me through Caleb in ways that I've never seen before um, and, and that has been the most humbling thing ever um, and it's been a true blessing mm-hmm. these kids are like phenomenal And they each come in with their own issues, just like I do. And um, we're able to just, you know, meet them where they're at and love them. And I'm still totally a work in progress as far as, you know, ministry leader is concerned. But. Oh, yeah. um, And you'll I don't think you'll ever not be a work in progress. Like there's never a moment where
0: we'll just (laughs) arrive, like because as we grow, the kids grow like (laughs) it's it's all a journey. And like you said, you know, you're meeting them where they are. And I think I remember like when you when you knew that you and Caleb were going to be stepping into that role, I think you texted me and you were like, like asking for advice. You were like, <laughs> you're like, I know you're a youth pastor. What's like, what do I need to do? And I'm thinking, well, first of all, it's been several years since I was. And so every year I feel like that the trends change, like the fashion, the lingo, it is it's really hard to keep up with teenagers this day. This day, these days, the, yeah, and I know what you mean. And I don't even know. I think I said. I think I said you need to get on social media because I know you're like <laughs> anti-social media. I know, but but, it, but the the heart of it was like to be where they are, and that is the place where they spend the most time. They probably spend more time on social media than they do actually physically hanging out yeah. with their friends. And so, I mean, obviously, like that's not the only thing, but just to be no. where they are, like go to their sporting events go to their band concerts like and that's what you guys do you literally just engulf yourself into their life and looking back on you know my experience with youth groups that's that's all I wanted and like I you know my youth pastors in my life I don't remember all the activities and the programs and the pizza nights and (laughs) we had a lot of pizza yeah um at church (laughs) but like I don't remember all of those but I remember the times when my youth pastor came to my basketball games and you know and was cheering me on in the stands. Like that's what means the most to me. Or, you know, shoot, one of my youth pastors actually took me to my homeschool (laughs) formal like (laughs) prom because I mean I didn't date in high school, so I needed somebody to take me. And so, hey, my youth pastor, there you go. So like too funny. Right. I'll be interested to see if you or Caleb get asked to do that for Yikes.
1: Well, listen, so, and it looks different. I'm not going to pretend like we're able, I mean, I have two kids who have their own activities and stuff. I'm not going to pretend like we are able to go to kids stuff every week. Um, right? We've had to be extremely creative in the ways that we connect with them. Um, but God has given us these ideas and, and he's like, look, I'm going to provide a way, Emma. Like I know that realistically you can't go to all of their games. Like you want to every single week, but you, I, he's given us some, some interesting, creative ways to connect with them. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. Oh, there was something else I was going to say. Well, I'll just, while
0: you're thinking about that, I'm going to give yes. a shout out to Youth Awakening. So if any yeah. you youth pastors or parents of middle school and high school kids are listening, uh, it's their annual youth conference. It's held at New Life, is it Community New Church? New Life Community
1: Church, yeah. Yeah, Ridgeway. And Ridgeway on Micah mm-hmm. Road. Yeah. and um it's gonna be which weekend in January it's gonna be January 27th through 29th
0: okay so put it on your calendar and I will put <laughs> ways that you can contact M and Caleb yeah. in the in the show notes so that you can get your youth group I know they've already mm-hmm. like blitzed the whole <laughs> Henry <laughs> county and surrounding
1: regions
0: it does yeah so I plan on being there
1: and um and yeah. Okay. Do you, do you remember what you were going to say? No, I don't remember. Did- <laughs> I will say it's funny though. So I've been calling all these local churches to see if their youth pastors are interested in bringing kids to this conference. Um, and I still have a Richmond area code phone number. Mm-hmm. And so not only are our churches not answering because my phone call looks like spam, um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm leaving messages and, um, I'm leaving messages and, uh, And if they do call me back, they've said, you know, I didn't answer because you're right. They
0: probably (laughs) thought that you were calling about their extended car warranty or or Medicare Mm -hmm. because, you know, Medicare makes costs. Right. So
1: anyways, every little bit helps. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so we're, we're kind of wrapping up and I just want to know, like, you know, with everything that we've been talking about that has been largely centered around the, the generation that is coming up. Yeah. Um, I just want to know, like, what has being a parent, being a school teacher, being a youth pastor, just being immersed in all ages and all backgrounds, I mean, you've probably literally seen just about every type of, like, every stereotype, every socioeconomic status, every race, every ethnicity, like, you've probably seen all of that in just the last, I mean, obviously, if you include your time in youth group. Yeah. I mean, you know, the last several years. So what has that shown you about humanity, um, about your own life, about God? Like what what is if there's like one thing that it has shown you the most?
1: (laughs) That is a huge question.
0: I I bet it is. (laughs) But
1: maybe just the first thing that comes to your mind, like what is it what does it show you about humanity? Okay. Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to not even totally answer that part of the question. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to just reframe the whole thing. Um, perfect. No, I'm just kidding. But so the first thing that came to mind um, is something that has really, um, I don't know, stuck with me lately is just that this next generation coming up. Um, I hear a lot of older folks saying, uh, coming down hard, on the generation and saying, you know, younger kids now, they don't Mm XYZ. And their points are valid, right? So some of the younger generation don't know how to work hard. Some of the younger generation don't, you know, whatever it is. Um, some of them are very accurate, but um, but I saw I saw a statistic last night that said, you know, over a quarter um of homes in the United States are single parent homes, which is nothing against single parent homes, but over a quarter of families in the United States, um, are, you know, raised by a single parent. And then, so, and and not just that, but we're dealing with issues now, be it, you know, home life, like what Mm -hmm. I just mentioned, or, and, and you can have a beautiful, great home life with a single parent. That's not what I'm talking about, but we're dealing with different issues with home life, with, um, technologies that we've never experienced before, um, and, and never really experimented with or tested long-term effects of before. Um, we're dealing with different issues now with the younger generation that have never been around before, that yeah. we have not had to navigate, that we have not had to set personal boundaries with. You know, when I, if I were a teenager with unlimited access to an iPhone, would I have the impulse control to look up from it to have a conversation I don't know because the blue light I mean we still don't know long-term effects so you know I I feel like as we're looking at these teenagers I'm not saying just to you know look at them with all of this um, unlimited grace and to accept behaviors that are unhealthy Um, but I do think we should look holistically at the next generation and say okay Like, let's at least acknowledge that they are navigating through things that we did not have to navigate through. And I'm sure that that's the same for every generation in years past, too. Right. But but that's happening right now. Um, They're facing, you know, different impulses and different temptations um, and easy access to different things that we don't know how we would have navigated through. They're dealing with different family situations. They're, it's very, it's incredibly confusing trying to, for them, trying to figure out what's true and what's not true. Um, and so you... I think that we can not just approach it with grace, but um, I've felt a passion and a drive to, um, like, lovingly spend time with them. And guide them in the right direction, Mm -hmm. not this is what you should do necessarily, but try to understand um, the confusion, try to understand the chaos that um, some of them are living in um, and and just be and be there for them Um, in in truth, in truth, not not just grace, not just like, oh, you know, it's okay, this is okay to do. Well, like, no, I'm, I'm going to also try to like lovingly help you if that door is cracked you know, if, right. if they're open to that, if, if any of that makes sense, I feel like I've maybe just talked to oh. myself in a circle, but that's no. really been weighing on my heart lately. Well, and that's,
0: as you were saying that I was like, you, and you actually said, it, you said like lovingly, um, I don't even know the word you use, but like what I was thinking was like, you lovingly listen and like going into a conversation or going into a friendship, because I think that's what, you know, that's what it, it is, or it can be, it doesn't have to be like, um, student teacher or parent, child or youth pastor, youth group kid. Like there can actually be a friendship there to where they are able to open up to you and look at you more like a big sister (laughs) or an aunt or something. And you just, you have a beautiful way of approaching things to listen and to learn and not to you know, teach right off the bat or give your own perspective or give advice. Like that's something that I've appreciated with our friendship is you literally check in with me. And if I like, whether or not, you know, I'm going through something, you're like, how can I be a good friend to you today? And you will call me. And I mean, I've told you this before, like I've reached out to you because I know that you have a level head and you are going to see things from an unbiased perspective. And and if I need correction, like I'm I'm willing to ask you for that because I know you're going to do it in love. And I'm 32. So I can imagine like, <laughs> you know, a 16 year old that is looking up to you as a role model and as a as a leader in some form of their life. Like, how beautiful is that? Because they don't get that everywhere. They probably don't get that from from parents or, you know, it, it's hard for kids to talk to their parents about hard stuff. But you are doing that like you are. Well, just thank you. leading the way in that, so I appreciate it from my point of view, and I think I speak on behalf of every child, teenager, student um, that you've had the ability to pour into and love on. That like we appreciate you. So
1: well, I think it takes time to, you know, teenagers yeah. they really need to see that you're going to be consistent. Absolutely. So I'm not going to pretend like you know I have just this like deep whatever bond with all every single one. I mean, it really does take time. Like a lot of time, some of them, they need to see a consistency, but, um, why would you or anybody else listen or yeah, why would you or anybody else take my advice if you don't already know and trust that I, that I listen, that I'm going to listen to you. And I think that that's a huge, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like I do that every time or like I'm great at that. But, um, I just I think that's important for people in general is just that if you're going to dish out advice, make sure that you've also established trust with that person that you're going to listen mm-hmm. to them first. Well, what's the what's the cliche thing? Like
0: they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care.
1: Yeah, you, that you that. Embody and God that. gave you two ears and one mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. Oh,
0: my gosh. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation. And you were you were so nervous. I mean, literally five minutes before we recorded, you were wanting to, to call out and <laughs> whether or not you were sick, you were going to call out sick, but I'm yeah, so I glad was. that you agreed to do this. And hopefully for anybody else that has listened that I've already reached out to you about being a guest and you've been nervous or whatever, hopefully Emma will tell you like, this has just been like a phone conversation with a friend yeah. and, uh, and you're, you're helping so many people that are either in your shoes now or they're seeing from your perspective because maybe they don't understand somebody else that's youth pastoring or homeschooling or whatever. And so you've given such a a, a great view into your life and into you know from your eyes. So I appreciate it. And well,
1: thanks. I trust welcome. that you're going to edit out anything I said that was unwise.
0: <laughs> um, the only thing that I may edit out is uh, my clearing my throat <laughs> after you had to go. <laughs> And we didn't, in in case I do edit that out, I think it's interesting that the one time we got interrupted by Tuck was that in the movie they were watching, there was something going on like in the movie that was, that was mean. Um, Or, you know, I I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a scene that made him uncomfortable because it wasn't kind and loving. And so he came to you. To ask for it to be switched like, yeah. for you to change well, it.
1: and let it be on record that it's nothing in a. It's not an inappropriate movie by any means. No, it was. It <laughs> was might a have cartoon been. Cartoon movie. It was like a Madagascar <laughs> or something. But um, but yeah, he's just really sensitive to anything um, like, i'm I say right. evil, but anything unkind and. Yeah, so. yeah. He called. Us he up. is. <laughs> he's he's one of the most kind
0: kids. He's the he's the kid on the <laughs> soccer field that will go and hug an opponent. In the middle, in the middle of a game. Yes, and she has
1: seen that firsthand. Yes, I
0: have, and it is it is beautiful. Like he uh, is seriously one of the, just the the sweetest kids ever, and Bowen too. But you know, you, it takes a while well. to to get in <laughs> with Bowen because he's a little bit more reserved.
1: Got <laughs> kind of mean streak, but yeah. man, well,
0: so I have a couple of rapid fire questions. Okay. So you you can just <laughs> say the first thing that comes to your mind or like a quick answer. Oh, this answer. makes me very nervous. Okay. Why? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite scent?
1: Scent? Yeah. Um.
0: Frankincense.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Um. What is the craziest thing that you think you've ever done?
1: Uh. And don't, oh, don't say going
0: ziplining with me.
1: <laughs> going ziplining with you? Sure. No. No. Seriously. No.
0: You don't know. Marrying
1: okay. at 20 years old.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. I forgot about that. So you can marry that's, a, that's a podcast years. episode for another day. I know. Maybe we'll feature you in Caleb's. Right. Um, all right. So do you make your bed in the mornings? Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. And I feel like I know this, but do you dress
1: up or dress down? What's your preference? Um, oh, this very much depends, but I guess down since I'm at home. Right. Um, what's the last thing that made you cry? Uh probably something Caleb did. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was it sad tears or angry tears? Uh, probably both. No, I don't know. I can't I think, remember. I, I think I heard your voice
0: cracking a little bit in this episode. I don't know if you actually cried, but Oh um, no. No, but I but it was cry. Well, okay, so when you're putting on a t shirt, <laughs> do you put your head in first or your arms? Okay, okay. I think arms. Okay, and then you put it on over your head?
1: Yeah, it's kind of all one, you know, swift movement, but yes.
0: (laughs) All right, and do you brush your teeth with warm
1: or cold water?
0: Cold water?
1: Ew! (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone do warm water?
0: Yes, people do. I prefer cold, not this yeah. Warm, warm water. If I if I do it, it's it's by accident, which I don't know how you can yeah. do a warm water accident. Mm-mm. But I've done it. But it makes me gag more. Yeah. If me it's too. Warm. So anyway, that's random. Um. All right. So that's all the rapid fire <laughs> questions I'm going <laughs> to okay. ask you. So no need to be any more nervous. Is there anything that we did not say that you feel like that you want to say and that you want people to know <laughs> before we head off?
1: I think that we covered all kinds of random goodness. Um. I can't think of anything in particular okay well i am looking forward to
0: hanging out with you soon i know we've been trying yeah. to get up and it's and it's crazy that we live closer together now than we have since we've known each other but schedules and everything and it's it's mostly my fault because my schedule is crazy but after the medicare season we are hanging out we've already put it on the calendar yes and uh and, and so i'm looking yes. forward to that because <laughs> i need emma time like this podcast has been incredible just to just to talk with you and um Yeah. Well, I love you so much. I love you. (laughs) And give Tuck and Bo extra big hugs from me. And I look forward to hanging out with them too. But all right. Thank you for being on this. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Church Talks. Hey, before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of Church Talks, (laughs) Could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, That would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.